today on Laura Lynn and Friends. This is now the most massive experiment in human history. Billions of people are the lab rats for the insurance companies. It's at that magnitude of madness. Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. My name's Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson and don't worry, we're in it all together. What, is something wrong? My glasses? I can't, you don't want me wearing them? Oh, tilt them down. Okay, all right, all right. We've got a lot of uh, actions going on behind the scenes today. Um, so I was up in the middle of the night, very concerned about what's happening. I saw something very disturbing, a couple of different things on Tucker Carlson last night. And so before the end of the show, we will talk about it. I'm concerned about China's involvement in Canada. Are any of you feeling that same concern? I keep getting information uh, coming from uh, viewers that are watching that are keeping a very vigilant eye on things that are happening in Canada. And I'm also seeing uh, things that are being reported about. And so, of course, I always begin the show by reading from my father's Bible. My father passed away uh, last October and he left a Bible that he, to his last days, um, was reading. He would sit um, and uh, have the, the Bible on his lap sometimes. And also he would like to listen to BibleGateway.com and he would listen to the audio version. He and I did that uh, for several hours together sometimes. And that was in between watching Fox News, <laughs> his favorite. <laughs> and so um, I went to Matthew 24, which is a scripture that is about the last days. It's about Jesus' return. It's about when the world gets so evil that the days will need to be cut short. And that's what it says in Matthew 24. But here's what my dad had underlined in this uh, passage. And so... In verse, uh, it's talking about evil servants in the day and the coming, the great and terrible day of the Lord. In Matthew 24, 48, it says, but and if that evil servant, so if the evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I was thinking about how uh, it could be a temptation to say, you know, it's um, sure would have been time for us to get out of this whole mess. Like, hey, God, you know, and, and the world, bring the apocalypse already, it's it's so bad. And then we could get tempted to get into certain things that might lead us astray. But it says, if you get caught up in those things, you might find yourself caught unaware when it all comes together, the way that the Bible says in the great plan. Um, I love that. I love that my dad cared about all those things that are spiritual. It's not just a, a natural life. It's a spiritual life we're living. And could we just show that one clip before we bring on one of my favorite guests of all time? Now, I know I had another favorite guest yesterday, but I also have... No, two days ago, I had a favorite doctor, and now I have another favorite Canadian doctor, and that's Dr. Hodkinson. <laughs> you never know uh, what he's going to say, but also, uh, he is such a brilliant um, discerner of what's happening right now, 
and he can, with his expertise and his medical knowledge, he can present it in a way that he can help us understand what's going on too. But something very ha bad happened. I'm concerned about our uh, government and our police in this nation. I don't know if this is true, but there's a First Nations beautiful woman who was on Facebook discussing what has just transpired in the last day or so. And I want to play her clip. And if it's true, I'd like to know. And if anyone knows why this took place, why the police would act in this way, let me know. Because I don't think you should treat Pastor Art Pulowski badly. And I don't think you should treat a clan mother badly. So what's going on? I don't want to believe this, but let's have a listen. Yesterday, 150 police officers and Fish and Wildlife stormed the grounds. They threw a canister of tear gas into the teepee, which is ceremony that was filled with children, women, and men conducting ceremony. They claimed that there were weapons. However, that is inaccurate because it is against protocol, ceremonial protocol, to have weapons in the teepee and during ceremony in there. The tear gas was thrown into the teepee where the children and women and the people gathered in ceremony were. A clan mother was defiled and thrown to the ground and arrested. This clan mother's name was Sikapo, and she was defiled. Our clan mothers are sacred. You know, you don't do that to people. So our seniors are the treasures of our nation. Whether you're First Nations or you're of a different culture or race, I'm not sure what happened there, but that is going viral. And that's hitting a lot of thousands of people. And I called my friend, uh, Virginia, who is First Nations, and she believes that there is something going on that is trying to incite a, a war. And wouldn't that just be what we need right now? I'm not happy about it. We're going to talk later in the show about everything that I've kind of been going over, what kept me up last night, and pull the boom down. And, um, until then, I think it's because, yeah, until then, I'm going to uh, bring on my dear guest, Dr. Roger Hodkinson. Thank you for waiting in the background. And uh, thank you for always sharing with Canada what is going on, Dr. Roger. We're pretty concerned about some of the things that we keep hearing. And you've sent me some very jarring things as of late as well. Um, and you, you keep us informed sort of about what we're hearing. And so... Uh, one of the things that I know you've been reporting on is issues with fertility and cancers. So maybe we can start wherever you'd like, really. 
Well, thank you, Laura Lynn. And it's a pleasure to be on your show again. Um, I might I might make one comment with respect to your opening segment. Yes. Um, this goes to show yet again, as if we needed as if we needed more evidence that the police in the RCMP in this province are out of control. The only way to resolve that is to take the governance of the police force into our own hands, which can also only happen, as I'll mention later, if there is an independent Republic of Alberta. Well, maybe, the maybe now is a good time because, you know, Dr. Hodkinson, I know that you've been talking about Alberta separating because I don't think any of us feel safe under our Canadian government any longer. Well, it's not just the Canadian government, it's all the flunkies that report to them and are, and are obeying their diktats. It's the police, it's the courts, it's the colleges of physicians and surgeons across the country. It's all these um, organizations that are dependent upon government money that are all too willing to salute in, in their general direction. But the muscle, the muscle that is being used against the population now is of course the police, typically the RCMP, under orders from Ottawa. We saw how the police reacted in Ottawa, despicable aggression against peaceful demonstrators, again under the pretext of there being guns, which there never were. This is a, a rerun, you might say, locally, this action against um, a native indigenous ceremony, is yet another example of how out of control the police are. So anyone that thinks they can change that by complaining, um, demonstrating, I'm afraid you're dreaming in Technicolor, it will not change until there is control of the governance of the police, um, which will happen as a first priority in an independent Republic of Alberta, which is gaining enormous steam um, across the entire province with 140 chapters already in existence each with their own volunteers trying to educate people as to the futility of expecting a positive outcome with negotiations with ottawa on the many and various issues that are grieving the west and alberta in particular i'm talking here of course about um, energy policy i'm talking about farming i'm talking about police i'm talking about equalization payments etc. Um, none of those issues will ever be resolved to our satisfaction because of the way the Constitution is stacked against the West. And in particular, at the end of the day, the final ruling comes from the Supreme Court, where the majority of the justices have been appointed either from Quebec or Ontario. Those, those uh, Supreme Court justices are never going to vote against the interest of those two provinces, which is really what it, this is all about. It's all about Alberta standing up for itself and um, making all the right noises and complaints um, is not going to work. And that is the essence of the Alberta Prosperity Project, of which I'm a proud member of, um, I'm not on the board, but the ultimate objective of the Alberta Prosperity Project is to educate about what I've just said, that they are willing to a referendum 
demanding independence for the Republic of Alberta. Well, it sounds really good, and I wonder what you're hearing about perhaps uh, how, how does British Columbia and how does um, Manitoba feel as well? Do, do you have any, um, you know, inkling of where they're at? Well, the polling that I see um, from BC and Manitoba is not very positive in terms of what I just described for those provinces. Certainly, there's a, a very similar attitude in Saskatchewan. But Alberta is, is going its own path here. If other provinces want to join at a later date, um, we would obviously welcome them into the fold. Well, yes, I think the more of us, the better, if, that is what, uh, if that's what we need to do. And so, Dr. Hodkinson, you have an extensive uh, resume uh, in the medical field. And I wonder if you could tell our viewers who may not know you tuning in for the first time, I can't, I can't see who doesn't know Dr. Hodkinson in Canada now, uh, but uh, would you tell us a bit about your, your history and what gives you the ability to speak with great knowledge on these things that impact us regarding the vaccines and what's happening in Canada? Well, briefly, without wishing to seem pompous, um, I've got a fairly substantial CV bio. Um, I'm a graduate of Cambridge University in the UK. I came to Canada in 1970, when it was a very different country than it is today. I trained in pathology in Vancouver and uh, spent a good part of my career as a workaday pathologist, um, becoming an assistant professor at the university here, University of Alberta, um, being chairman of a Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons uh, committee in Ottawa, setting the annual examination for, for pathology residents. I've been the president of the Provincial Association of, of Pathologists. Um, I've been a laboratory inspector. I've run big labs um, catering to the needs of testing, outpatient testing. Um, I'm also the chairman of an American biotechnology company, uh, currently very active in uh, an innovative um, uh, commercialization of DNA sequencing, which is quite pertinent to the diagnostic tests that have been attempted to, to be utilized um, for the diagnosis of COVID. Um, I think that's enough. I've done other stuff, but... Um, that, that should do the trick. Amazing. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So we're having evidence that's coming out uh, almost every single day. People like Naomi Wolf, we have a clip that we're going to air later today, I think from her. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, people are reporting and you are following very closely uh, these reports on the increased harms, what we're learning about the vaccine harms. What are some things that are uh, alarming you coming across your desk? Well, in, in summary, and we could talk about each of these in detail, if you wish, um, Laura, if time permits. But um, of course, there, there's the new things that are happening is um, very serious concern about um, fertility and potentially even sterility of um, women who've received um, the shot, the clot shot. Um, there's concern about an increase in cancer rates um, because of the immune suppression that the clot shot is causing. Um, 
but one of the one of the big pieces of news over the last uh, couple of days has been um, a, um, a a Substack by a gentleman called uh, Peter uh, Halligan. Peter Halligan has been looking. Uh, he, he's a most experienced analyst, ex in uh, financial industry, extremely used to looking at statistics and um, translating them into a summary statement and this is the summary statement and i hope your leaders are, are sitting down holding themselves because what i'm going to tell you intuitively sounds ridiculous that's why it's so incredibly important that i say this these numbers are best estimates at this point in time using government data for the global consequences of the clock shot in terms of death and morbidity, otherwise known as serious adverse events such as heart attack, strokes, pulmonary, pulmonary emboli, etc. We've been focusing for good reason on North American statistics during the last two and a half years, but this man has extrapolated that into the total effect, negative effect of the clock shot and these are the numbers deaths global deaths directly attributable to the vaccine 20 million two zero million deaths due to the clot shot and two billion big b two billion serious adverse reactions of the type I described. Now these numbers are beyond staggering. They, to, to contrast that with history, um, vaccines have typically been pulled from the market when the last one, the, the bird flu vaccine was pulled with only 35, three, five deaths. I hope people can appreciate the scale of what is going on here. An unimaginable carnage, which isn't over because that number, first of all, is the current estimate. It does not include future deaths of a similar type, which will be cumulative on top of that. It does not include stillbirths. It does not include those avoidable deaths due to having had a one disease healthcare system for two and a half years with people not being treated or investigated for cancer or treated for, ex for cancer, for example, those numbers are not included. The numbers from the lockdowns, the suicides are not included. And also not included are the future deaths that we're anticipating from a rapid increase in the rate of cancer uh, presentations and uh, fatal infections because of immune suppression induced by the clot shot. Those factors are in addition to those jaw-dropping numbers that I just mentioned. So this is my global take on all of this, Laura Lynn, and it's this. When those numbers start getting out there, courtesy of shows like yours, which is so important because these numbers are not being reported by the mainstream media. When those numbers start percolating through 
to the large number of people who now will realize the scale of what's happened and how they've been lied to and forced to buy with these ridiculous interventions for two and a half lost years of their lives. I'm predicting that when that is realized, it will create a scale of revulsion in the general voting population that we cannot currently imagine. That, unfortunately, I'm labeling as a good thing because people must now use this kind of information to stand their ground and vote appropriately for a new future, depending upon where you live, that is defined as traditional democratic principles. In Alberta, we expect that to be created through an independent Republic of Alberta. Other places on earth may well have different methods of achieving that degree of control. But only by doing that, will we prevent this from happening again and bring under control the various bodies that have facilitated it, such as the media, the church, the colleges of physicians, the, the, the courts, the police, etc all acting together to bury the evidence and we're seeing just the last couple of days again again um the let the, the lengths we have to go to to use a crowbar to get information out of the agencies that are responsible for all of this the fda was finally forced to release its own data showing that in the first three months of their own trial, 1,200 people died directly due to the vaccine. Data that was hidden from the general public by the FDA, and they were forced to reveal it by a court order. In the last couple of days, there's been an, an, an immense trove of data that similarly has been extracted from the CDC this time, again under court order. And there's so much data in there that it's premature to talk about what will be uncovered. As likely as not, it will be exactly like we saw with the FDA, uh, a massive cover-up of unavoidable, avoidable deaths um, caused by the clot shot. So things are moving in the right direction. They're moving at this, you know, like you know, molasses uh, on a winter day. Um, it's 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 glacial speed with which this data is be, being revealed right but, and i uh, i mean it should be coming out faster but it's just all seeming it's so subverted it's hard for me to understand how doctors uh that are practicing right now actually don't know you know i had one doctor i've told my audience but not you but one doctor that called me back after he knew that i was not going to be getting my booster or any of the vaccines and he wanted to talk to me uh, as a favor to me to help me with my delusion and so as soon as i started throwing out the facts that i have that i know about every day and i had a report in front of me and i started reading out the facts well he didn't he didn't want to keep talking but it's shocking to me that doctors do not know this but but persons such as yourself real doctors that are awakened that seem to be getting this information or willing to look at it um, are are helping to get this information out on 
broadcast like myself. But but for the general population who's just listening to CBC or Global on their way home from work, they have no idea. No, the population's been being kept um, intentionally ignorant of this type of information for two and a half years. But the dam is breaking. And as I said, the opportunity that this now creates to redefine democracy along the traditional lines that we're so familiar with, but which have been lost, tradition, family, religion, hard work, entrepreneurship, not relying upon the state to be your nanny. Um, the scale of that opportunity, Laura Lynn, I'm likening to Magna Carta, and in the current parlance, you might call it Magna Carta 2.0. That scale of opportunity, this unexpected opportunity that we now, we now have, not the great, we, we, the game is turned on the great resetters. They thought they had us on the run. Well, we now have their number. We know their objectives. It's now up to us to take advantage of our unexpected opportunity, sad with 20 million people having died to take that opportunity. But we now to take, we must now take that opportunity to totally defeat the great resetters and to redefine democracy along traditional lines. It's ours for the taking. And Alberta will probably be the first jurisdiction internationally to do that. And, and I think that that's fantastic. It makes you almost want to move to Alberta. Um, but uh, the other thing that you're seeing is these cancers. Um, so I'm hearing in my personal circles of a lot of cancer. Uh, my friend, my very good friend's husband has just died of a cancer that had literally been in remission about a year ago. Uh, he got his shots and I think the third one even, and um, he's dead. Um, and uh, there's a doctor I want to put up on the, uh, the screen beside us. And basically, uh, this gentleman is, um, oh, it's not sharing? Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's all we need. But this, this article in The Atlantic says, did a famous doctor's COVID shot make his cancer worse? And he's been a lifelong promoter of vaccines. He is not an anti-vaccine guy. Uh, suspects he might be the rare, unfortunate exception. And uh, it goes on to say that uh, he's a Belgian immunologist and one of Europe's best-known champions of medical research. He walked into a clinic near his house, rolled up his sleeve, and had a booster shot delivered to his arm. He knew he'd need it more than most. Just a few weeks earlier, Michael 67 had been to see his younger brother, uh, the head of the nuclear medicine at the hospital of the University uh, Libre de Bruxelles. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Brielle? Bruvel. Okay. We're both uh, men. Uh, we're both men are professors. So the thing of it is, though, that when the images came up, they did some images of his lymph nodes and um, they revealed a smattering of inky spots and uh, the, they bunched near Michelle's left armpit running up along his neck and it was the cancer of the immune system lymphona. Um, in, from what I know from what this article says, they could actually see it. They saw these little spots um, in his left side when he had taken the shot 
on his left side in the lymph nodes. Then when he had his shot in the right side, then they saw these spots on the right side in the lymph nodes. And uh, we are hearing reports, Del Big Tree uh, doing his broadcast, basically outlining that cancer seems to be on an epic, you know, growth. And perhaps, I mean, this is one of the ways that, that we're seeing the harms from the vaccine is coming out. Yes, um, Laurel, Lynn, there, there is a large amount of anecdotal reporting um, regarding the emergence of cancer in exactly the, those kinds of demographics. Any one case, of course, could be part of the sad reality of cancer. It can suddenly expand and cure quickly. Uh, in this particular case, I agree, it's very suspicious that it could well be the progress, the, the aggressiveness could be due to the, the vaccine. What, what I'd like people to realize is that your immune system that has been severely compromised by the clot shot and perhaps permanently, the immune system's main function in life is to protect you from, to kill things that are not you. Bugs are not you. We think of the immune system as being the, the defense against infection, which it is brilliantly. But by the same token, cancer is not you. And we are all, we believe, we're all developing small cancers all the time because the repetition, the multiplying of cells uh, isn't perfect. Mistakes are made to produce genes that cause the cancer. The immune system's other major function patrol every recess of your body second day for 85 years plus minus to kill off those very small early cancers so that they don't develop into a big lump that will kill you so it should come as no surprise that if you're messing around to this degree with such a perfect system of the immune system and causing what we call an immunodeficiency state a state in which the immunity of the body is generally suppressed, that we will not just see the emergence of unusual infections and aggressive infections, but also the emergence of cancer at an increased rate. Now, given, given the significance of that, given the anecdotal evidence and given the plausibility of it from what we call a pathophysiologic perspective, that means a mechanism of action, Given what we know, don't you think that it should be a very high priority of governments internationally to track this and to relate, relay that to the public about whether or not this, this um, freak, increased frequency of, of cancer develop, declaring itself is real or not? I might say in the vernacular, do you think? Like, do you think? <laughs> it's so glaringly obvious. Yeah. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. And from that, you have to draw your own conclusions. It's like everything else over the last two years. They, put, they want to put their head in the sand and hope it goes away. Well, that's not exactly a role that we would have expect from responsible government. This should have... 
First of all, this should never have been released to the general public anyway. It wasn't needed, it wasn't tested, it didn't work, etc., etc. It, it, it should never have, these tests, these, these um, assessments, research assessments, should have been done way ahead of any release to the general public to know if any of these consequences were worth worrying about. But they didn't do that. This is now the most massive experiment in human history. Billions of people are the lab rats for the insurance companies to, figure, to try to figure out what the complications are. It's at that magnitude of madness. Never happened before anywhere close on this scale. It's, it is extremely shocking and it's hard to understand the medical establishments. Um, well, I don't know. I know that you don't like conspiracy theories. I know that you do not like to, um, you know, ascribe to things that we can't prove or whatever. But when you see Dr. Teresa Tam and Dr. Bonnie Henry here and in, in your province, uh, what is her name? Yeah, Dr. Hinshaw, um, and all of these doctors being so insidiously stupid um, and so corrupt in denying the early treatment, and they're all in collusion. What do you make of it? I don't believe that this was an international release, and not an anti-vaxxer, by the way. Um, right. Mainstream, main traditional doc. Um, Take, used to take all the vaccines myself. I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Um, no, th this this was an, un, in my opinion, this was an unintentional release of this mad gain of function research that spread internationally very quickly. Um, the reactions to it were prompted by political panic, um, and the measures that were were proposed to handle it were all known to, to have failed or could be predicted to fail. They did it. They did it anyway. I, I don't believe that this is a genocide. I don't believe that all these leaders of countries internationally were all primed to do the same thing on the same day because of a, a piece of paper in the top right hand drawer. No, I don't believe that at all. What I do believe is that the unexpected opportunity of this pandemic was milked to the hilt by the Great Resetters, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, etc., as well as uh, the Democrats in the States to um, engineer their own political objective. It was done with brutal efficiency, Machiavellian efficiency, and it, and it succeeded. And I, I think the reason it succeeded, Laurelin, is... Um, is something that um, was um, a philosophical principle that was alluded to in hundreds of years ago by a fellow called Occam, Occam, O-double-C-A-M, Occam. And it's, it became known as Occam's razor. And what Occam's razor is all about is that when you have a complex situation influenced by a large number of variables that could explain it, the most likely explanation is the commonest, most obvious one. And I, drawing upon Occam's razor, I think all you have to say is politic politicians we know are not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer. They were ignorant of the issues 
was linked by, by Fauci. And the general operating principle for life in general with something new is don't bother me with due diligence. It seems to be working because everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. Therefore, it must be right. And that's what these copycats, these um, medical officers of health, um, who'd never been experienced in this type of thing before, that's what they all fell for to please their political bosses. Because remember, a political boss these days is there for one reason and one reason only. It's to protect you, Joe Q public, from all the risks in the entire world from cradle to grave, and you can trust me because I am your savior. And that's, that's what happened. Political stupidity, no due diligence. And we're faced with this massive now, massive crisis that has killed so many millions of people. We forget about the ones in India and China, you know, conveniently dead and buried. We've just been focusing in our own backyard. But this is the biggest calamity in human history. It's in the same league as Mao Zedong's pogroms and famines and Stalin's famines. It's in that scale of kill. The big kill, I call it. The big kill is going on. It's going to continue. The numbers keep on piling. Despite that, these clowns that are running the show, not just in the provinces of Canada, but internationally, their response is to double down, still insisting that it's safe in pregnancy. Pregnant women are the most protected class in medicine. You never, ever, ever give a pregnant woman anything that is remotely dangerous a danger to her or the fetus. And yet we're doing that now, having conveniently forgotten a single word a few decades ago, the word thalidomide. When Big Pharma released on, the, on pregnant women a drug that produced babies with no arms and legs. We haven't learned from that. They're doing, they're doing it again. So that that's my that's my general take on it um when i was um i wanted to ask you about this so i'm watching uh, tucker carlson last night he had alex berenson on and they were talking about how the united states once again through anthony fauci the nih is making a donation to uh, a, a large um it's not a donation but it's it's a yeah, grant I, I know i know right. what you're talking about eco, eco health Yes. $700,000. Yeah. 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 Despite I mean, everything that's happened, what do you, what do you make of doing something this crazy? This guy, Dazik, who's the recipient of the money and was getting the subcontracted work done in Wuhan. I mean, how can you trust these people given the evidence to date and it's consummate madness to even quite apart from the fact that it's Zazzy and Fauci, it's gain of function. And let me tell people what gain of function is so that they know what, what this research, the latest research branch is all about. 
gain of function is, is the psychotic idea. I just cut out for a second there. It's, it's the psychotic idea that by playing around with a, in a lab with a virus that is known to be a human pathogen causes disease in humans. The psychotic idea is that by making it intentionally more dangerous, more infectious, more deadly in its, in its, in its effects, that we can then study it to better treat this virus in the future, ignoring, ignoring the reality that in the labs that are undertaking this research, you have a thing called humans in there. You can control the machines and your ventilation systems to virtually 100%, but you cannot control people. There will always be mistakes made and people will walk out with dirty shoes like it happened in Wuhan, in my opinion, and spread this virus that's been in, made intentionally more lethal and potentially expose the whole world again to another pandemic that could make this look like a walk in the park. So gain-of-function research that Fauci has lied about twice before Congress and for which he should go to jail for, gain-of-function research is still going on. We've seen now with that uh, grant still being funded. It's probably still going on in Winnipeg. It was a few months ago. It's going on in at least 20 locations in the States. It was probably going on extensively in the Ukraine. And God knows what North Korea and China are up to in their own bioterrorism laboratories. Gain-of-function research should be stopped internationally. It's much more dangerous than nuclear pro proliferation. Can you it imagine? Could it could so be an existential threat to humanity. Let's put that on the table. Yes. Making yes. could make this look like a walk in the park. And I think that's why uh, there is a series of emails that were sent late into the night between uh, Dr. Fauci and I think uh, Dazic, but basically saying uh, what they're finding, you know, is is that you can see the gain of function because I guess, of course, a, a lab person would know what that looks like. I wouldn't. You would. But uh, I, I wouldn't know what that looks like. But they're basically saying, and that's why I think it quite probably was a mistake. Like, I, I mean, it'd be terrible if someone just wanted to release that on the world deliberately. And it probably was a mistake. But it was just a mistake before their time because they've used it as... People like um, Harari say COVID was critical in being able to implement a lot of things uh, that they're doing. They've used it. But can you imagine the fervor when they go, oh, no, oh, no, the work we did, I think it got out on someone's shoe. And why would they not be um, afraid that this would happen again? What more do we need to know after having a global pandemic that you shouldn't be doing any more of this crazy stuff? And I thought Obama put a stop to it. And in spite of Obama putting a stop to it, uh, it was still done under Anthony Fauci. This guy needs to go. Well, he should be locked up and in, in years gone by, I would have been executed. Um, that's what you do to people who kill 20 million other people. Let's, let's focus on this big number for a second here. This man, Fauci, caught with his pants down, 
was the first man on earth to realize what was happening. But he has killed 20 million people. Let that sink in for a minute. Jail is too good for someone like that. It really, it really, really is. And uh, that is a, a very shocking number of people um, looking over that, that information. I mean, if that is true, and uh, the VAERS reports seem to be useless these days, Dr. Hodkinson, because they're, they're no longer reporting the deaths. You're hearing about more deaths in undercover media, you know, people saying, my uncle just died, or you see videos of people, sudden adult death syndrome happening, but the VAERS reports seem to be not reporting it anymore. I think they're, they're trying to hide everything. When a new product like this is introduced into general circulation, billions of people, untested in terms of its consequences beyond trivial experiments in rats. It should have been the government's duty, FCDC, FDA's duty, underlined in NEON, to subject that product to the most rigorous testing imaginable before it was released. That did not happen. It, it was released under the guise of this being a public health emergency, which it never was close to being. No worse in, in the grand scheme of things than a bad seasonal flu. That's what happens when you give government unfettered right to act in that way. Now, I'm not proposing any uh, violence or armed insurrection here because I think it would fail. Um, and it's the wrong approach. We need to work within existing institutions such as they are and the main one, of course, is the ballot box or referenda, such as we're proposing in Alberta, to short circuit the alternative routes to rectify things, which is known as the courts. The courts are not going to be our friend. They're going to be siding with government frequently, as they've done so far. Um, so the general public has to take matters into their own hands here and as i've said repeatedly this is a time for civil disobedience it's a time to get educated it's a time to understand the gravity of what's happened the scale of what's happened and to use the ballot box or referenda as the way of changing the political landscape to return to those traditional values and to take control of the governance the governance of these institutions, which is really where the problem started, particularly the governance of universities, which have created um, generations of students coming out of the tube, uh, committed to what we now call wokeism. Um, taking control of governance of the universities, of the police, of the courts, of, of physicians, court, of colleges of physicians and surgeons, taking control of governance is the only way to rapidly reverse this trend. We will not we will not do it by being nice. And as I've said publicly, at least in Canada, uh, that unique Canadian disease, the terminal niceness syndrome has to be parked at the door. People have must stand up and be counted 
no matter what the consequences are to them personally, because the future of our children, this dystopian future, which is so glaringly obvious, is coming. It's there in Europe. For our children, it's up to the parents to stand up and take whatever, whatever happens to exercise change of a revolutionary nature, which is nonviolent. It's for everyone to stand up. There are more of us than them. And I, I, hearken, I hearken to my favorite movie of all time, a children's movie called Bug's Life. And in Bug's Life, Flick, Flick, the failed inventor who's always getting into trouble and is in love with the princess, um, at one magical moment, he takes on the grasshoppers who are there to raid the food, the food granary. And Flick looks at them, the, the grasshopper, straight in the eye. And he says, you're afraid of us, aren't you? And he takes one step forward and the grasshoppers fly away. Yes, there are more of us than them. Once people get educated, which is the critical thing now, then the future, a very different, glorious future, is there for our, for our taking. Magna Carta 2.0. That's the scale of opportunity here. That is, that is very good news and, uh, and a great way to end this. Uh, thank you, Dr. Hodkinson, so much. Um, please come back and we'll discuss uh, more of what's going on in the world. I, I think you're leaving us at a place of hope that if we all do stand up, um, it's funny that it's a grasshopper because there is a biblical portion um, where it talks about uh, grasshoppers. And it, it's basically when uh, the, the is Israelites were being come against, but the other people saw them as powerful, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers. It was with Joshua. And when they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the face of uh, the big battle, then they couldn't see that they were actually powerful. But all of the other people said that they were, uh, later on, someone told them, we, we were melting with fear because of you. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, but they were melt. But the others were melting with fear because of how they saw that the Israelites were having victory after victory after victory. And uh, we have to just not give up, and we have to know that if we stand together, there is hope in doing so. And uh, the the battle is epic. But with with folks like you on our side, it really is comforting. And I've appreciated all that you've shared across the country as you've gone on the tours and as you have encouraged Canadians to stand, but you've given them the information they needed to do so. So we appreciate you, Dr. Hodkinson, very much. There's hope out there. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Dr. Hodkinson is a great man, and uh, I appreciate his courage at this hour. He could have been silent. Uh, he could have just chosen to go into retirement with a nice, quiet time with he and his beautiful wife, Nicole. But instead, uh, Dr. Hodkinson has decided to fight with 
for all he's worth with everything he's got at this time. And I have such respect for him. Um, I want to go to a couple of things, very alarming. Um, I'll talk sort of about how, what I'm feeling. Um, so I didn't have the best sleep last night because of some things. I just see like pieces coming together and it's, it's worrisome. This video, uh, a witness is basically ter uh, testifying about Chinese police stations in Canada. Um, is there truth to this? What, what do you all think? Have a look. Hearing your perspective on the news that we have heard about the, the, the police stations that have, that have opened up um, and what you, would, what you would expect from the Canadian government as a response. Uh, it is very shocking news. Um, actually, it's quite a few open up uh, in Ontario and actually one in Markham where I lived. So actually the, the Chinese uh, agents been around, but I think openly. So actually it's Chinese police is really first time we heard. And I think like they openly doing that because there's no legislation. There's nothing to deter them, nothing to punish them. So I think actually Canada should have some uh, new legislation. So because as police from China, they should be agent, their government official, right? They cannot just open an offices in Canada. And they claim that they just help the Chinese citizen to uh, renew their passport. Oh, they don't need that because they have their own embassy. Mm -hmm. So they use that to actually to intimidate the Chinese citizen in the past to scare them to go back to China to face trial and then threaten their family. But now I think with the police uh, station, actually in Markham, actually they can intimidate people like us. I've been living in Canada for many decades. Now I feel frightened. I need to install a camera in my house. So, so I think Canadian government need to really look into this um, because they actually Chinese police so they should be considered as Asian. So there should be legislation that they need to inform Canadian government that they are Asian. Okay. So sometimes uh, in my world, when I'm thinking and not sleeping and thinking and thinking and information's coming to me from many different people and many different places, um, it's as if sort of uh, the story begins to form in my mind. And then I'm like, you know, so I wanted to talk about China today. And before my husband even knew that, he was telling me, you know, well, I think we need to bring up this, this stuff about China. And then I was, we got talking this morning and preparing for this show about all of the things being bought out by China. We've been reporting lately on them purchasing land near important key security sites in Canada. What about the gold that they've purchased? Uh, some years back, I investigated this a couple years ago on my show, but about China buying a whole bunch of senior citizens, investing in senior, senior citizens' homes in Canada and it just being sold off. And then there's coal. There's the reports here and there we, we hear of Chinese soldiers there's reports like from my good friend, um, uh, you know, over there in Ontario. I'm sorry, it's Norm Traversy. So, so Norm reports because he lives right in Ottawa and he reports about all these like 20 to 30 big black vehicles, the kind that, that you would uh, transfer 
army soldiers or people you don't really want the, the public seeing inside the vehicle. And there's all of these, and it's unexplained. Like, who are they? Where do they come from? What, what, what's going on? And then he saw one other very strange uh, person that looked like they had stars on a some sort of suit that they were wearing. And you just, there's other things. Um, let's have a look at this next video. October 2020, there was a report about how China takes over other governments. China is using its economic muscle to bend both individuals and governments to its will. And that is the threat posed by over-dependence on China. It gives Beijing the upper hand, the power to extract concessions. First, China used the carrot of market access to lure Western companies, and now it is weaponizing the same access to silently take over governments. So when my husband, uh, he did some work in the Congo, right? And when he was in the Congo, he just couldn't help but notice that you know, there was different things that basically the Chinese had built. Like they built a huge soccer stadium in the middle of Congo. He was surprised to see it there because this is a relatively poor country and they had this magnificent soccer stadium. So he asked, well, the Chinese had come and in exchange for their, I guess, natural, you know, wealth, mineral rights, things like that, they built this soccer stadium. So last night, while I was uh, in the middle of the night at some time, I listened to videos and stuff, and here's Trudeau talking about the tyranny of China. So it's, it's fairly recent, actually, because he was talking about the hurricanes and, and stuff as well, and he was doing, uh, and the video kept skipping, like it would skip, like he's about to say something, and then the video would skip. I didn't know, it was a global video, and I didn't know if they had done it deliberately, or if there had just been a problem in the feed, because that happens, as you know. Um, but then Trudeau is talking about, we have to be careful of the tyranny of China. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you thought that the tyranny of China was a problem when you said you admire China. And when, here's a website where Trudeau government gives Chinese government controlled company contract for security equipment in 170 of our embassies. So you think that China is tyrannical when actually you are, but you're saying that out loud and giving the Chinese government controlled company contract for security equipment? Does that add up? So then I begin thinking in the night, this is sort of where my mind was going. Is it all a cover where he pretends to call out China on their tyranny because he's just like them? He pretends to call them out, but in actual fact, He's embracing them and maybe we're already literally taking over. They're setting up police stations. It's actually frightening Chinese people in our country. Why would the Chinese be allowed to be setting up police stations? And by the way, I'm not suicidal. I feel like you have to say that. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about stuff with these. What's happening? You all think anything weird's happening? I think something weird's happening. And then add to that how much China 
has control over America. And Dr. Anthony Fauci, listen to this video of Rand Paul talking about Fauci and the lies that he's told. Why is Fauci such a liar? And now what we just covered, sending a big, um, you know, a, a big grant to the, through the NIH to, to China to do more. <sighs> okay, let's watch. What is the most troubling conflict of interest that he has? Well, the thing is, is the entire pandemic, if it came from a lab, the fact that he approved the research and funded the lab would draw culpability to himself, culpability to the NIH, culpability to all of these people who made the unwise decision to send money to China to do dangerous research. So that's why they steadfastly resist this. But if you look at the early emails, when, when they first discovered the sequence, the RNA sequence of this virus, January 31st of 2020, they are quite frightened. There's harried emails going back and forth till 2.30 in the morning. And all of the initial scientists are saying to him, holy cow, we've looked at the sequence and it looks like it's been manipulated in the lab. In fact, it has a cleavage site. This is the way the virus cleaves or gets into the cell that we don't see in nature typically, and that the Chinese last year asked us for money to do exactly that research. So all kinds of alarms and bells went off for a day or two. And then we have another couple of emails where Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci are talking about how they are science and saying that, wow, this would be really damaging to science and to NIH and to all the taxpayer money we get and also to themselves personally. So they began a cover-up, and I think it's the biggest cover-up probably in the history of science. And we will get to the bottom of this, because I promise you there's going to be a paper trail and there's not been any interest from Democrats, but should we win in November, I will use every bit of subpoena power to get every bit of data. We will bring Fauci under oath. We will bring all of those scientists under oath, and we will get to the bottom of this. And God help you to do that, Mr. Senator Rand Paul. Uh, God help him. That is a courageous man. He's not suicidal either. People who stand up against this nonsense, oh, you're taking your life in your hands. Right? How many dead people around the Clintons? I mean, so the NIH now is giving this new grant to Echo Health Alliance to research back coronaviruses. Are you kidding me? So last night, Tucker Carlson discusses this with Alex Berenson on the Tucker Carlson show. And one of the things that Alex Berenson brings up is what's going on? Because you know that as soon as someone like Tucker Carlson, the number one news hour show in all of North America, he is number one. He, he gets death threats. He, he fights hard. He's a man of God. He's a man of integrity. And he brings up this stuff. And Alex Berenson says, why are they doing it? Fauci's already under a magnifying glass for what's happened. We just had a so-called pandemic. And now you're sending millions more to do the exact same thing to... to, to search out more information and more gain of function on back coronaviruses. And as soon as Tucker Carlson or somebody of that magnitude mentions it, it's going to go huge. 
Hey, if I mention it, I'm just a, a small fish in a small pond, right? I'm just letting you all know, and I hope you tell 10 people to watch this show. I hope you share this. I hope you pass this around. But why, what is their thinking? Um, the, the Republicans look like they're going to get in unless we don't have fair elections at all in the United States of America. If there's no fair elections and they don't take the Senate and the House, which it looks like they should because everyone's angry at the Democrats right now, not just for how they've handled the pandemic, but how they've handled the border, how they've handled inflation, our money, everything. America is in the worst shape it's ever been and the closest to war with a leader who shakes hands with the air and asks if Jackie's here a person who died a month earlier, here's Biden at a press conference saying, yeah, I, I, I think Jackie was uh, going to be here. Maybe she's not here. Uh, you know, Jackie died. He knew that. He's, he's having a senior moment in the middle of being the president of the United States of America. Canada gains great security from having the protection of the United States of America, and now they've lost their ever-loving minds. And underneath the Biden's nose, we've got Fauci sending millions for more research on these back coronaviruses. And no one, no one sounding the alarm. Is something wrong? Are we already taken over? Is it are they so secure in themselves because they, they know something else is at foot? I got, a, um, I got a text from somebody, a viewer, and um, she basically said, um, you know, how long before vaccine hesitancy becomes vaccine hesitancy disorder, a most violent disorder causing harm to others' mental condition? Now that Canada has the immunization task force, should this happen, you will be locked up under the Mental Health Act also. You won't be fined and then go to court to fight the fines like we're all doing right now. I'll be in court tomorrow in Saskatchewan with this. You will be accused, says this person, convicted and incarcerated without ever being given the right to speak up for yourself because someone wrote what someone said about you on a legal document and now that is who you are. There is no protection or justice for you if someone has the opinion that you are a danger to yourself or others. Uh, this is Lorene basically saying, how long until you're just a dangerous psychopath to society because you won't wear a mask during the next coronavirus outbreak or whatever, the, the, the global problem. How long till you're the psychopath so incredibly that they lock you up as they've locked others up? They are, they're keeping the, you know, the freedom fighters regarding the coots ordeal still in jail. Let me tell you something. I had youth that I used to look after and they could go uh, rob a liquor store, sell drugs, get high, beat people up, be picked up, brought into jail, and I was getting a call as a tad amount to a foster parent, come and pick them up. They're ready to go by 7 o'clock that night. And we've got 
freedom fighters, unarmed, fighting for their country and their freedom and their charter of rights and freedoms, and they're still in jail. Something's very wrong, and I know you know that too. Something's very wrong. If any of you know what it is, let me know. I've, I've been concerned about this China thing, and there's more. So let's, uh, I want to move on to the, the Bobulinski soon, pretty soon, but let's just do this Mark Stein with Naomi Wolf about vaccine harms. Uh, Naomi Wolf uh, had a lot of information regarding fertility um, and, and what's happening with women, but basically she closes out her interview with this statement. I know exactly how this um, silencing is being enforced. Doctors and nurses are coming to us saying that if they even give their patients mm. informed consent, meaning any hint mm. of the massive risks uh, attached now, mm. confirmed with these mRNA injections, um, they get letters saying they'll be delicensed, and some yep. of them are being delicensed. But, you know, you mentioned the suppression of sperm count. That's absolutely correct. And the journal Andrology reported mm. that. But we, our, our team has broken stories even more horrific than that. For instance, Amy Kelly, our team project director, did a report based on the Pfizer documents showing that little boys and baby boys, um, the, their Leydig cells and Sertoli cells are damaged by the mRNA injections. That's the factory of masculinity. That's that's the mm. factory of the hormones that turn boys into men. Yep. So this is why I'm not ashamed to say it at this point. I've got so much evidence. This is why I believe these are bioweapons, because they are literally sterilizing people. They're poisoning breast milk. There's not just mRNA in breast milk. There's, mm. um, there's, uh, there's polyethylene glycol now in vaccinated mom's breast milk. They're damaging the placentas of women so that they can, oh, no. that, so that we're seeing chromosomal abnormalities. And they're negatively, they're, they're emasculating men, essentially. Do you know how credentialed that woman is? Uh, she is very well educated. She was always a Democrat, sort of on the, the woke side, until she began to have her eyes opened by the facts. And she was, thank God, one of those people who could actually look at the facts. So now we've got a whole group of people. As she said, the doctors who are awakened, if they give informed consent, so imagine saying, yes, we want you to get your COVID-19 COVID vaccine because I'm a doctor and I'm supposed to tell you that. And I'm supposed to give you informed consent. So this is what can happen. Myocarditis, uh, you know, da, 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 increased risk of cancer, all of that, um, uh, you know, issues related to fertility, as Dr. Hodkinson was talking about. And uh, you could die. There's the deaths that are happening, sudden adult death syndrome and things being clots being found in people's veins. Yeah. So anyways, roll your, roll your sleeve up. You ready? You've had informed consent. The doctors willing to give informed consent are getting in trouble because they said too much. Because do you think that by the time you've explained to a patient all the things and the potential harms, they actually want your stupid vaccine? No. What is our world doing? What's going on? What is happening? So... The next clip I just want to set up a little bit, and I, I'm not actually sure which part of the Bobulinski clip you chose, but I'll tell you what alarmed me about this in the middle of the night was because 
Bobolinsky, who is being interviewed by Tucker Carlson, has absolute concrete evidence of Hunter Biden and his uncle, uh, is it Jim? Jim Biden or Joe's brother, committing fraud against Bobolinsky and others and showing that Joe Biden had full knowledge. They were using Joe Biden's position in U.S. government and potentially being the president because this was right before the election. Using So Hunter Biden's using, hey, you want to work with me? I, you know, I'll let my dad know uh, to approve your whatever. Let's work together. And he was getting millions of dollars. And Bobolinsky can prove that. And it's all on the Hunter Biden laptop. And it got suppressed. And now that there's absolute proof, you've heard, haven't you, that the FBI is now raiding the, the people who support Trump, raiding their homes early morning. Now, you can like Trump or hate Trump. Do you think it's okay to show up at a man, he's a, a Catholic priest, he's a pro-life uh, person who, you know, protests and stands up for, for being pro-life. They raid his home in front of his children, multiple children that they have. I don't know if it was seven or eight and his wife and arrest him. And they're doing hundreds of these raids, the FBI. And now we have this story that we started off today with this Freedom Bear RCMP raid, a First Nations Winnipeg sacred ceremony. I'd like to know the truth of that. I'm going to withhold saying anything more in case there's a perfectly good reason. She says that they were saying that there was weapons, which she said there was no weapons because that goes against any kind of uh, ceremony that they do. You're not allowed to have weapons in there. The, that's the RCMP's MO. That's what they say to justify what they're doing. In Ottawa, they did it. In Coots, they did it. They said, there's weapons. There's no weapons. It's just like January 6th. Ooh, the big insurrection. No weapons found. That's a bunch of stupid insurrectionists, isn't it? Huh? Wow. So let's watch this clip of uh, Tucker with former Biden business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. Um, asking why the FBI is not investigating this. The Sinohawk Holdings Agreement, except it's got a different company name. Yeah. What is this? So, um, interesting. So, that document is exactly the same document as Sinohawk Holdings LLC. Uh, and it appears that Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, and the Biden family literally copied the same document down to typos, as you said, the serial number, and they removed... Oneida Holdings, which was the Delaware LLC that represented Jim Biden, Hunter Biden, myself, Rob Walker, and James Gillier, and uh, Hunter and his lawyer, George Maziers, replaced it with Owasco, which was Hunter Biden's um, uh, law firm or uh, business that he operated. So he effectively swapped out uh, an entity that he owned 20% of to a business that he owned 100% of, um, which is fraud. So why would he do that? Um, 
a lot of detail. We don't, you know, have too I, much I understand, time. But, but basically, at a, at a high level in July 2017, the Chinese CFC had not funded the $10 million. I was extremely frustrated. The Bidens um, claimed or presented to be frustrated. I got calls from Jim Biden. He was ready to call the Chinese directly and, and say the Biden family's pulling out of a deal. All well documented in text messages, WhatsApp and emails. And um, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently around that same time, Hunter Biden um, and the, his lawyers basically removed Oneida, um, put Owasco, his law firm, in that and replaced that in that document, getting prepared to basically divert that money into uh, BYZ holdings. So they were shafting you without your knowledge, it sounds like. Yeah, it's called fraud. Yeah. And this is... I mean, I, I don't see any other explanation for this. Do you? Uh, I'm sure you can reach out to the Biden family and get yeah, comment not, from them. But uh, our calls right um, now. OK, so this is just this alone seems to me enough to spur a criminal investigation by the FBI into what apparently is fraud. So why I was up in the middle of the night over this um, interview that I saw is even in light of there coming a, a huge election, a midterm election in the United States of America, we have absolute fraud on the table. The FBI should be investigating. And one of the things that happens um, that is, is not on this clip, but during the interview of Bobolinsky, when he turns himself into the FBI to show the documents he's now showing Tucker, no one from mainstream media will interview him on it. No one will touch it. It's mum's the word. It got silenced and pushed down in the uh, Facebook and Twitter feeds uh, when right before the election, it was all silenced. So nobody could really see. I remember seeing the entire thing uh, of Tucker's um, interview and thought it was just fascinating what he's revealing. Like, this has got to be the end of the Biden regime. This has got to be done. I mean, it's it clearly shows uh, th this wrong relationship that Hunter Biden had set up with the big guy, Joe Biden, it clearly shows uh, fraud. It, it, it shows collusion. It's terrible. And all they wanted to do was Russiagate against Trump. And now when you have something that's legitimate, they're not willing to open up an investigation. The other thing that happened is... While Bobolinsky is in getting investigated from the FBI guys, guess who calls him on his phone? Jim Biden. He sees the number come up on his phone. And he goes, oh, Jim's calling me. And the, the uh, FBI guys that he's, you know, giving all the evidence to so that they can take control of the country and expose evil. They're like, oh, oh, you should take that. You should take that. We'll leave. And they, they race out of the room. So he gets the phone call. There's, there's no one there. No one says a word. Did, did Jim Biden know that Bobolinsky was at the FBI office? And if so, who would tell him? Who would tell him? Was it the FBI uh, head guy right now? I forget his name. I know the face. Yeah. So the, 
the FBI guy, he seems dirty as a, uh, no, no, he's gone. Uh, he seems dirtier than, than dirty can be. And who are we supposed to trust? So the whole world's gone bonkers. Uh, Kamala Harris, at least they're starting to make fun of her because nobody really wants her. She's, she's also just like too dumb to be put into power. If they've got to remove Biden, is it going to be Kamala Harris? You know, and her repeating constant phrases that she does. And it, it's an embarrassment. Even the left is making fun of her now. So they don't want her. But everyone's just going silent as the, the borders are all open and this is all normal. Oh, but don't put them in Martha's Vineyard. Don't put them in, in the Bronx. Not even in the Bronx in, in New York. No, don't bring them here. But yes, let them all in. But, but not here, not in our backyard. And Nancy Pelosi wants to make sure that we're using them to, you know, harvest the grain, basically. They'll be workers. It's fine to have a job, but they want to keep them at their place, but they want to open up the entire border of the United States to let whomever come in. It's a disaster. And all this silence. And now we're setting up uh, Chinese police stations. And we're using the Chinese, a Chinese company, to have all the security data for our for our Canadian embassies. And along with that, our Prime Minister tries to call the Chinese tyrannical. <laughs> Something weird's happening. So the Ontario uh, government, we have a website, Ontario program will pay customers to run their air conditioners less in a bid to save energy using smart thermostats. So on top of it all, we've got the climate thing coming. This is the next thing. I, d I don't know if they can resurrect another COVID strain that they're going to scare us all with. But if that doesn't work, the next thing is that we're going to take out gas and oil from our lives and we're going to be turning to electric cars and making sure your air conditioner is turned down. Right. Was that Colorado? Yeah. So was, were they the smart, smart thermostats that you couldn't, you couldn't turn them up when it was getting really hot? The smart thermostats. So the, the smart thermostats in Colorado are actually stupid. Well, of course, I know I was kind of making a play, you know, they're not smart, they're stupid, but yeah, they're controlled, <laughs> they're controlled by the utility company. And that's what they want to do, right? Get your smart car so that you and your hubby can't leave town when you go, want to go on a vacation because maybe you can't, you know, the grid's down, nobody, everybody stay home, the grid's down. So yeah, I have the 17 SDGs. I don't think I'll go into any of that. So my name's Laurel Lynn Tyler Thompson and... My website's laurelin.tv. I think that we have to concentrate on making sure our lives are right. Making sure that we can hear from God. I thank all of you who helped me to do this program that is very, very serious today. Sometimes I can be jovial and sometimes I feel more serious. And I just felt God connecting pieces. Can you hand me my phone there, JT? Because I have one more text I wanted to read. 
um, another viewer uh, who alerted me to um, this First Nations person who's had this, you know, is reporting on this event in tears, reporting on this event that has happened. Um, basically, she said she's very concerned because she feels uh, that they are trying to ignite a war, that they are that they are literally, she said, uh, she put it this way, it's very good. People, you are all so awakened out there and you send me things that are helpful. But she says they threw in tear grass and there were children and elderly in the tent and she's describing it. And that we still have the political prisoners. But she's saying, what in the world is going on in Canada? What a sad day it is turning out to be absolute disregard for women and children and veterans in this country is palpable what can be done uh, she believes I feel there is an escalation building and that really what they're trying to do is incite a war we cannot do that we cannot be so angry that we sin the Word of God says to be angry and sin not so we see a lot of bad things happening we can't participate in any of that. We can't, we can't just be angry and Dr. Hodkinson talked briefly. This is nonviolent. We don't win if it gets violent. So my aim is to stay alive. How about yours? Survivor. A real life survivor, it seems to be, that we found ourselves. Sean Taylor, he always had that line. During the tour, he says, I find myself an extra in a sci-fi horror flick, right? <laughs> Do you feel like that? You're an extra in a sci-fi horror? Wow. If you appreciate uh, the information I bring you, which you will not find on CBC, CTV, or Global, would you be so kind as to help us to do it? The reason I'm up late at night is because I'm taking in and ingesting everything that's happening. So is my husband so that we can understand and present to you some facts so you have knowledge. The Word of God says, without knowledge, the people perish. Are you willing to help us to do that? If you go to my website at laurelin.tv, there is a donate button there, and you can push on the donate button. There's many options. You can even donate anonymously. You can donate a one-time uh, gift, or you can do a monthly gift. You can also e-transfer us at laurelinlive at protonmail.com or laurelinlive at gmail.com. Some of you still use the old um, email and it does get through. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping us. And I appreciate that you're in this with me. The beauty of going on these tours, which I'm now setting up for uh, Toronto um, area, for Ontario area. Um, if you'd like us to come, it looks like it's a Southern Ontario tour. Uh, please let us know. Write me at Laurel in Live at Proton Mail if you think that your area would like to have myself and a doctor come to your area. Let me know. JT, also, do you have that poster for this weekend handy? So uh, it's it's actually Friday. It's not really the weekend. Friday from 1 to 4 o'clock. Uh, I hope that you can join me. Uh, Bill Vanderzam, can you believe it? And Maxime Bernier are going to be in Vancouver. 
and uh, they're going to do this. Uh, it's called Stand United Vancouver, BC, Stand Up to Medical Tyranny. It's the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and we will be all meeting at 669 Howe Street in Vancouver on Friday, October 7th from 1 to 4 p.m. Can you set that aside? Write it down right now. 1 to 4 in Vancouver, 669, what, West Cordova? Is that what it says? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I shouldn't have said that out loud. 669 Howe Street, H-O-W-E Street. You know what? Isn't that just right in front of the art gallery there? Yeah, I think so. So Friday, uh, well, or is it another college? Anyways, you got to go to the, the address, 669 Howe Street. And uh, I better make sure I get that address in because I'm going to be there. <laughs> so I'm speaking as well. And some great people. And we're standing. Maybe you've never been to a rally. This is going to be a good one. Bill Vanderzam will be there. Pretty cool. People are coming out. Something's wrong. Something's very wrong. I want to leave you with the word of God today. And I hope that it will bless you. Uh, I am not defeated. I am uh, understanding the times. And uh, there's a scripture that says, when you see all of these things happen, Look towards heaven, for your redemption draws nigh. When you see all of this evil, we don't have the full story always, do we? We don't have the full story. We don't always know everything that's going on. But when you see it happening, look towards heaven. God's redemption, His power, it draws nigh. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2 it says you then my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others join with me in suffering I'm not afraid to suffer a little and I want you to get over it as well Okay, buck up. We're going to get through it. Maybe it's a time of suffering. It feels bad to have all of this news. Strengthen yourself now. Be courageous. Be strong. We need to be. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Do not get entangled in all of this news. Know about it, but try to, co to please your commanding officer. Who is that? It's the King of Kings, the greatest commanding officer of all times, the Lord Jesus. He is our commanding officer. We are to please him. So you are to please him by re remaining joyful and remaining peaceful. Have the peace that passes understanding in the midst of this turmoil. Hey, we're not going to be burning in the lake of fire. That ought to make your heart sing, everyone. You have found eternal life. You have given your heart to the Lord. So when you see these things, your redemption draws nigh. Be strong. Be strong. 
please your commanding officer, not these civilian issues. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does, does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. What are the rules? The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. He was put in jail like a criminal. Suffering for the great commander-in-chief. That's who we serve. In this hour, we do not serve the principalities of darkness, the rulers of darkness in high places. We do not serve them. We do not stand for our government that is tyrannical and requiring evil things. We stand against them. We expose evil while standing peacefully, lovingly, not inciting violence, Put any thoughts of violence outside of your mind right now in Jesus' name. That is not what it's about. He says, I might be chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Be strong, everyone. Be very strong and very courageous. God bless you. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.